Steve, welcome back to the Broadway block. Today we're going to go over some of what we feel is our projected lines for the upcoming season. And we're inching closer and closer to that first game preseason game against the Isles. What are you most excited for? And who do you think is going to be out on the ice on the first power play line? As the first line, I I do again feel like it's going to be a little bit of a shuffle, but I have Kreider, Mika, and Kako. One of the reasons I would love to see Kako on that side is that Mika and Kreider are very much trigger men, and they're people that you can set up and know that they're going to finish it. Whereas uh, Kako's strength, in my opinion, kind of lies on the boards and his ability to get the puck, hold on to it, shed a defender, and get it to somebody else. So um, with with Kreider staying net front and Mika kind of having that uh, that office in the top of the slot circle there, um, I would love to see Kako play on that line. Um, if you had to pick someone to play on the top line power play, who would you go with in that, specifically in that void? left by Strom. Well, I think you put Trocek at the center, centering position, um, Kreider on the left, Panarin on the right, Zibs and Fox, you know, kind of situation you got going. Um, to, I had my first line going out. I have Laugh up at the right instead of Kako there, which I feel like Laugh gives us the best option. And then I, then I have Kako down with Trocek and Panarin. Um, I'm really excited to see how, um, Trocek like really works with Panarin because I, I personally, I believe he is an upgrade over Ryan Strom and Andrew Kopp. So I like the style he plays. I like that he finds the open man, but I also like that he's gritty enough to get down in front of the net and screen the goaltender himself. So I'm really excited to see that. And as for laugh being up on the first line. I think he deserves to be there. Um, obviously, he's naturally a left winger. So sliding him over to the right, I think he has no problem there. But who knows? There could be some shuffling throughout the season where you might see Laugh go back to left wing. You know, if something happens to Kreider, God forbid, we need another 50-goal Kreider season. But I think that's kind of like um, having Lafreniere be able to play left or right wing is almost like a Swiss Army knife. Kind of like having Barkley Goodrow on the lower, he could be a center, he could be a winger. So I think having all those types of people really help that, you know, barring any injuries um, or any poor play, I think you have options to be able to switch up lines pretty pretty easily there. Um, who do you have on your lower two lines, Steve? So starting with the third, this is kind of why I want laugh on that bumper roll to give him a little bit of power play time. I see him on the third line uh, in his natural left wing spot, playing alongside Heedle and kind of maybe carrying some of that kid line success, especially if Heedle can kind of put it together the way that we were watching him do in the playoffs. Um, you mentioned Goody on the wing. Um, I have them down on the third or him down on the third. Oh, with, you have uh, Barkley on the, Heedle. you have the, you have him on the third line, not the fourth. Well, so remember we have Blay. We're going to have some competition. Um, I like Carpenter as that fourth line center. Um, and I'm a sucker for Reeves, although I think uh, we're going to see Dryden Hunt. I think we're going to see some competition for that last spot um, as much as I hate to see it. But you never know. I mean, Blay had some good chemistry with Lafreniere. Um, they could always play again together. Um, Goody can kind of come down and play that tempo role. 
Um, don't forget, Blay was on the fourth line with, with Revo for a short period of time when he did play with us, and they thump. I mean, the both of them are going to be in the corners and making life difficult for people. So I guess if you set the same tone, Blay makes sense, but maybe it depends on your opponent. So I have it as Laugh, Heedle, Goody, uh, Blay, Carp, and Revo. Who's your, well, I guess, what's your ideal fourth line, I guess? Well, I think Hunch is going to be like, you know, see how he plays. Uh, we know Turk loves some Dryden Hunt. So <laughs> we know he's going to be there. So my fourth line, I got Hunt. And then I got Goodrow as in the center position. And then I'm also a sucker for Ryan Reeves. So I think I have him on the, the wing there. So I, I, I like a gritty line like that, which would be Hunt, Goodrow, and Reeves. Like, I think that's a fourth line that, like, they can make things happen out of nowhere. Um, Goodrow will get some opportunities, but we also won't take anyone's shit having that fourth line out there. As for my third line, I got Sammy Blay on the left, Heedle centering, which who knows where he, if Heedle's like lights out, you never know. He might move up. And you, I would hate to say Trocek moved down to the third line, but you never know. It depends on Heedle's, de- if Heedle keeps developing. And then but he can play that style, in other words, Trocek, I feel like also. Yeah, and he's a, a little bit older where I don't think he, it would be like a hurt his morale moving down to the third line as long as the team's winning and, you know, he's getting opportunities. And then on that wing, that right wing, I got Krabby, Kravtsov. So um, as for my, I never went over my second power play unit. I would have Laugh, Heedle, Kako. Truba and Kravi. All the kids and the captain. And I thought about it really hard today because I, I feel like, you know, you got to have your captain out on the power play. Um, and I do like Truba up top, but if he isn't giving us the production we need of that second power play unit, I think you could even almost send up Keandre. I like 100%. Keandre plays. And I, I think that, like I said, if Truba's, you know, we saw him in the postseason a little bit, a couple rough goes here and there, a couple bad penalties, like, you know, just because he's the captain, we've talked about it before on shows. That doesn't mean that, you, you know, you get that ice time and sometimes the captain's not your best player out there. So I would Truba slash Miller, I would put there for that second power play unit. For It makes a lot of sense too, considering who we have around those guys. It's like, it's not going to be Lindgren, you know, it's not going to be Schneider, no knock to those guys, but they play a different brand. So um, when, especially when you consider not only Keandre's ceiling, but when you consider the guys around him, I think Keandre makes a whole heck of a lot of sense in that role. So kind of along the same Truba-Keandre line for the defenseman, um, I think Heedle is the no-brainer. I feel like you give him the chance to – it also is nice to have a second center out there um, because I would actually have Trocek, like I mentioned, laugh being on that bumper role – I would say that Trocek's game and and leadership veteran veteran mentality, I feel like, would also lend itself well to that second power play line. You have Heedle in case he gets chased, meaning you have another center that can slide into that faceoff. Um, you couple that with, like I said, either a Truba or a Miller, and then probably makes sense to have Kako with those guys um, with uh, with that type of a line. So it would look like, um, you know, Vinny Heedle. Kako. I mean, you mentioned Kravy as a as a option for that line. You know, 
you can imagine Goody's going to be killing some penalties. You probably imagine that Revo is not going to see much special team time. So when when you get down to it, all the decisions actually kind of become quite easy after a while. So um, you know, if Kravy's starting to score some goals, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe there's a game or two where we're up by a goal or so, and we get a late power play. You know, and some of these guys can see some time where where maybe they want enough. So, I mean, if we're talking lines, my second line, Panarin. Trocek, Kravstov. This is because Kako in this in this situation has slid up to that top line, and this keeps both Kako and Kravstov in their natural right wing. Although I can totally see a shift happening. Like Wait, you so you mentioned. got Laugh on the third line then? Oh yeah, Laugh third with Heedle and Goodrow. Um, but again, this is this is to keep the guys in their natural spots. But I do I do sort of see what you're saying about like a switch up where you can have Laugh slide up to that number one or number two role. Um, with some flexibility, knowing that Heedle can even play the wing. Goody can play the wing. I mean, people can kind of shift and slide around. Also, something to note, Kako and Laugh both played, although be it more time in the wing in their career, a little bit of time in the center role as well. So we'll see. I mean, these guys... Um, I think it all comes down to, like, you know, like the start of the season. You get a rough blueprint out there. You put your guys out there, and you kind of see who starts clicking. Who's having more more power play time and who's really clicking on that power play time to get your lines going, you know? Right. What I was gonna say is like, you know, all these guys are so young, you know, from what we what we've seen so far is still just the surface for even guys like Heedle. So um, you know, we talked about in one of our previous episodes about the idea of Heedle being the second line, uh, second power play line center. Um, and maybe the contract of Vinny Trocek lending itself to a switch down the road. Where Vinny slides down to that third, and and Heedle takes over the reins if uh, if he's ready for that. This is more long term, but um, the good thing is there's a lot of flexibility. There's there's some pieces that are you know kind of set in stone. Whereas like I don't think anybody's arguing Kreider and Mika in that number one number two role. I don't see much wiggle room as far as Brett and Trocheck. But you would you would mention it, and I'll I'll kind of open that can of worms. What if Brett and Trocheck just don't? mix i mean i i would i would say that i could score a goal next to bread you know uh with some of those feeds that he that he has but um well that's where i think you could almost slide panarin up to and put Kreider back on the second line there if things are not working out with trocek and you know him and mika get along they're not they don't click as well as like you know because they are used to being the guy so it's nice to have like another person out there that will take the feed but I think that's where you can switch it up. But I also think Kreider and Trocek play similarly in front of the net. Meaning like with the screening and uh, just kind of agitating the other team and like, you know. Yeah, that's where the the power play is always unique because you're going to have Brett and Kreider and Mika having that that time where the three of them are on the ice. And you can almost entertain a a top line. I know we, we very briefly discussed this at one point of bread sliding up to that top line role, because I mean, we've seen it in moments of desperation when, you know, we really need a goal and and the top line that gets sent out there is Kreider, Mika Panarin, you know, as like that really power line. Um, the only problem with that is if you shut that line down, you know, what's your second line look like? So yeah, it's like um, you're throwing, you're all in at once. Like, yeah. Right. And, and I think that's great when you know, you have a laugh and a Kako that are, are as advertised, like who we drafted Kako laugh. Um, then it's a different story. You know, if, if these guys are both throwing, you know, 30 goals out there and they slide up to the second line, 
yeah, then you have an actual power unit of a line where you can play that sort of like Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak style, like deal with me type of style mm-hmm. where the second line maybe gets more opportunity because you you have to go out of your way to stop a line like that. So um, that I, got would be a que- I have a question for you, Steve. Please. If Kako starts off the year with a lackluster performance, does he end up on the fourth, third, or fourth line? Well, he's, I could see him on the third, but could he even end up on the fourth line there? You know, I think you and I have talked about Kako's confidence, you know, and I think that as much as, you know, as, as much as we, we elevate these guys because they're professional athletes, there's a huge confidence, I don't want to say issue, but looming topic of discussion when you talk about Kako. I, I think that, I think that it would really diminish the guy's ego. And I'm not going to say sit here and say that he deserves top line time if he's not, you know, earning it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like that leash has been extra short, you know. And in the beginning of the season, when you have, I think, a team that is, I don't want to say inevitably going to make the playoffs, but when you have a team like ours, maybe you can afford to lose a few games if it means this guy's going to learn. Because a loss just means that you have a lesson you can learn. And you can a win's not a win either. You can you can learn a lesson through a win. But I just feel like if Kago gets the idea that his job isn't, you know, it's tough to say. Cause like there, there's some people that do better when they think that they're gonna lose their job. There's some people that do better when they when they feel like, you know what, I don't have this is that, my role. Heat, this is that pressure. Yeah. When here, you yeah. feel like that you own it, you know what I mean? So it's tough to say, especially because, in my opinion, I think we've seen glimpses that would allude to the idea that Kako's confidence has been at least partially diminished, and maybe there's a little bit of a language barrier there, um, you know, and maybe there was but some I, heat with Quinn. I hate to make the reference to it, but maybe it's similar to the Gagorgiev situation, where, you know, that he's getting the t- or similar in the sense that He's good enough where we feel like he should be out there, but he's not proving it day in and day out, which obviously we know because of the bridge deal and everything that happened that we didn't give him. We didn't ink him for seven years, you know. Um, So it will be interesting to see if he doesn't perform. Does he get shipped? Another question. Does he get shipped out at the trade deadline? Low cap space, maybe change of scenery. I, I think the bridge offers that first year as like, you're not going anywhere. You're here. You know, this is, we want to see all of it from you, but maybe, maybe scale it back a little bit. Talk about Hughes in the, you know, not that these guys are always going to be compared or anything, but um, talk about Hughes getting inked to that big contract. It's sort of in the same breath that we were just talking about not feeling like you really not have to earn it, but you're not going anywhere. Right. So Hughes is, should feel pretty comfortable and also, if Hughes doesn't perform that well, who's going to take over his spot? The captain. So it's like, that's really not that big of a blow to your ego. Yeah, if you're yeah. Kako and you lose your spot, who are you losing it out to? Another high draft pick, you know? So there's all this extra, all these extra little layers to it where does Kako like laugh? Like, do do we have one video of them like celebrating better, together? You better know? question. Do we have Kako celebrating with like really anyone? Well, I feel like he hasn't clicked in the locker room and like has that fun vibe and is there to just play hockey. I feel like the pressure, New York City pressure is getting to Capo Caco. Well, it's not for everybody. And the other thing, too, is, you know, 
we've said it about laugh. Like the difference between their personalities is stark. I mean, night and day laugh is a happy go lucky guy that when he got benched, how did he take it? We'll, we'll see how, how Kako has this, you know, if I'm this hoping, is going to be I'm the hoping this doesn't even happen and he just comes out and he proves all the Kako haters wrong. All yeah. those devils fans that are like Hughes is way better because I, I somewhat agree with them that Hughes is, has been better, even though he's always injured, but he has shown more potential. Yeah. And Kako. I think a lot of it has to do with that speed, you know, like Kako really, by comparison, doesn't have that that engine. Um, I'm still going to be wearing my Kako jersey to opening night. You know, it, it's it's not like it's not like I don't love the guy. Um, but I, I think we as fans deserve moments to be honest. You know, I, I think that being a fan doesn't mean that you are a fanatic. You know, like there, there's a difference between the two. I think there's some overlap, but you don't necessarily have to blindly agree with everything in, in a crazy fashion. Yeah. I think that, that fans have the right not, not to demand anything from the guy, but, but to say, listen, you haven't been what we, what we expected and whether or not that is something that motivates him or something that diminishes his confidence remains to be seen. And, you know, I, I'm as big of a supporter as anybody, but this year is going to be a huge year for seeing what we have with a guy like Kako, in my opinion. If there, if if it doesn't work out in New York, there's always the desert. Well, you know, you had sort of mentioned too, like, what if he got drafted by some by some team that that doesn't have another top line option? So he's given the stability and the comfort, knowing that he's up there on that top line, regardless. Maybe he has a, a more prolific year on a on a team like the Coyotes. Well, there's a lot of teams that would be like, you know, definitely happy to give up some draft capital and maybe. Uh, aging veteran like you know you you got to look at teams like the yotes the kings the red wings like they're like retooling to become better teams so you know maybe they're looking for looking for a guy like capo caca i i have a question for you joe if you're chris jury right and you know we don't know the pressures that are on him to win now or to to build for the future you didn't really have much to do with the whole caco thing do you trade Kako for a win now veteran that can slide in at a reasonable cap price to get us into a deep playoff push. You know, we've shown that we are willing to get rid of a late first rounder, but is that where we value Kako at this moment? You know, because if you think about it, he's proven he's not a second overall, at least, at least in some eyes, let's, let's just call it that the, he's proven he's not a top 10 even. You know, so where does the organization value him? And if we're willing to get rid of a late first to get a guy like Cop to drag us deep into the playoffs, maybe you get a guy that replaces his production and then some and find some chemistry on those top line positions that they're a veteran player, they're a proven product, and you can tell them, this is how I want you to play. I'm not going to say a William Carlson has to happen, but maybe somebody that even has a relationship with Turk. You know, so when you add all these other layers to it, how attached, if you're Drury, are you to Capocaco? Well, I, I think Drury is smart in the sense that look at the whole Krabby situation. You know, he could have been like, I'm the new GM. I'm not dealing with this BS and shipping him off. There was people knocking on the calling, knocking on the door saying we'd like Krabby. We, we saw him in preseason and, you know, the beginning. And he looked like he definitely was going to be a game changer. 
Um, going back to Capo Caco, it's hard when it's a number two pick because if anyone knows New York Rangers draft history, we have not had a ton of number ones or number twos in our history. So it's hard to give up something like that and then go see him go to the Kings and have a great career after us. But if it's not working, it's not working. I think Chris Drury is smart in the sense that if he saw that it wasn't working, he would get good value. Judging by what our previous episode talking about Niels Lundqvist, he was in the position to receive a high second round pick. And if you look at where Lundqvist was drafted, he was almost in the second round. So obviously he values that more where he's like, yeah, I'm not just going to give up nothing for nothing, you know? So I think that if we were on in a close position to, you know, win and go make a, another deep run into the playoffs, that maybe he would give up Capo Caco. But I think it wouldn't be for – he wouldn't do it for nothing. Like, it wouldn't be for an aging veteran that's going to walk after that, like an Andrew Cobb situation, like where we didn't end up re-signing him, I think. But you got to think, too, also – He's got to think in the back of his mind that the bridge deal will be over and he either will have to give him some more serious money or he will always just take low value. But I don't think somebody that gets drafted in the second slot like that is going to, you know, his agent's going to say, you are worth this. Like you, you just haven't had the right opportunity. So I don't think Kako would take like a low amount of money after the bridge deal is over. So I think Drury is the man to balance it, but I think it's all going to be dependent on how Kako plays. And let's hope we don't even get there. My prediction, 25 goals, 50-something points, respectable. Ask for a trade in the offseason. I just just like – I, I, I have that why. feeling that this is not going to go well with Kako. I, you too. know, you yeah, know, because because here's what I think. Also, I think it's going to have the sh- the showings of something that could go well. Like I said, twenty five goals, fifty something points. He's going to at least be like, oh, okay, there's something there, and then we're all going to be excited for that that contract year of his, where this is where he proves it. This is where he gets that big contract that he deserves. Hits that thirty goal mark, and then just like Niels and just like all these guys. Where it seemingly comes out of left field, that's my prediction, man. I think I think we I think we get eliminated in the second round. And I I said it I said this as a joke, but I I think the more I say it, it sounds exactly what's going to happen. I think we get knocked down the second round. Kako puts his tail between his legs. Says I did all this for nothing. Let let me get out of here and and doesn't come back for that third year or that second year of the bridge contract. Um, but I know that that's. That's I like hope, the I hope that doesn't happen. want to happen, but there's these, there's these moments in time where I like vividly see the future and I like, I have to write it down. And this is, this is my way of, of just saying, but man, well, I, I agree with you. You can see these things coming. Like, you know, when we gave Brad Richards that deal, I, I was like, I was like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah. Like we don't give somebody that was an aging veteran that we gave that much money, obviously different GM, different things. But I knew right away. I was like, that's not going to work out for us. And lo and behold, it did not work out. And well, I you know, you know, and, you know, yeah, exactly. And also uh, with, with a guy like Kako, I think there's a lot of unknown still. So there's, there's still some reason to be optimistic. Um, if I well, was, this is at- the, this is the first full, full season, like, you know, 
All true, true. But it's got to be healthy. You know, like we're just gotta be 82 games are not a given. This isn't we're not just assuming, you know, that he's going to be healthy and play all these games, not be healthy, scratched any of these games. I mean, there's a there's a lot that's going to go into. I would say. I would put some money down on him not playing 82 games. That's I don't even think that that's that hot of a take. That I would say the same thing about Jack Hughes if I you know from playing fantasy hockey. Like he I would say the whole season. I would say Kako plays, you know, 70 something. It's something minor happens, you know, wrist. And it, it's it's a it's a hard sport to play all 82 games. It's a miracle some of these guys have been as healthy as they have. And you know, I've I've mentioned some of the injury uh prone nature to this team. Bread's missed some time. Mika's missed time. I mean, you know, even Adam Fox Eagles missed year. time. Sorry, even Adam Fox last year. Yeah, the the only guys that are really like rugged and and durable are some of some of the kids and and like tr- you know the trubas of the you know it, it's it's one of those years that's a big show me year for a lot of guys and I I think that you know a few episodes in a row we've mentioned it that. Some of these guys, we know what to expect. And some of these guys, there's a huge question mark over their head. And there's some continuity. You know, there's there's a direction. There's a plan. You know, there's Goody. There's there's Vinny. There's guys that you know where you're going to get. There's a big question mark as, for, as far as who fits in where and how much chemistry do they have when they, when they do find that spot. So, Well, Steve, I think it's just going to come down to the season, which, you it's know, so we got the Islanders coming up soon. Preseason hockey is going to be right here. It's only a couple days away, man, and and opening opening night is shortly thereafter. So, we'll be there. I can't wait, man. Can't wait. Thank you, Steve. Cheers, brother. Let's go, Rangers. Let's go, Rangers.